Welcome to Brit Happens. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Brit Happens is an interview-based audio show where successful entrepreneurs, professionals, and thought leaders discuss how they've navigated unexpected career curveballs and turned setbacks into wins and stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Our purpose is not just to identify the issues and obstacles, but dive into the thought processes and tactics that can be deployed to overcome challenges all of us face. Okay, do a testing. Young Hefe. Young Hefe. <laughs> Young. Oh, we're going to have some fun. <laughs> What's up now? On a scale of 1 to 10, how weird are you? Oh, I'm at like 25. I'm not a normal type person. I'm very extra at times. I'm very calm at times. I'm very weird at times. So, yeah, I'm, I'm up there. Basketball has allowed me to go from the seventh ward of New Orleans to come to Miami, Florida, to have a camp in Bermuda, have a camp in Baltimore, have conversation of camps in other places. And through that, we started to scholarship kids from various organizations in Miami and started to notice that there were real issues. And so we said, look, we have to attack these issues. How do we attack these issues through after school programming? STEM Saturday programming, summer programming, scholarship programming, sending kids to Africa. That's what Dream does. We cannot go backwards. We cannot have a bad day. Mm-hmm. I just know that we cannot have that. We get one chance at everything that we do, and we have to be amazing at it. Growing up, my father's like, you got to be a thousand percent better than other people because you won't get the same chances. Right. By 2021, we'll hopefully have laid the foundation for Dream Academy School, where we'll have our own schools. So that is one of our bigger items, expanding to Nigeria, Jamaica, Atlanta, Dallas, Texas, and Dubai. We don't have a wheel. You come in our program, when you leave our program, you do better so you can be better. Mm -hmm. That's just how we operate. I am excited to be here with Brandon O'Pollaby, who is the founder, president, and CEO of Dibia Athletic Development and Dibia Dream Inc. Yes, yes. Brandon was actually one of the first people that I met when I reacclimated myself back in Miami in 2011 from New York. I met him at a young professional network event, and yeah. he actually was not that friendly. At the time, but I'm happy to say eight years later, here we are. Brandon is heavily, heavily involved in his community professionally and personally. Can you just give us who Brandon is and talk us through what led you to starting Dibia? That's a good question. Brandon is a young man who has a big heart for kids. That's that's the nuts and bolts of it. Um, I see issues that kids face on a daily basis and just really want to try to give them all tools to be successful. I was blessed to have great parents, uh, great family members around me, uh, great mentors when I was young who were, might have been really mean, but they, they <laughs> really cared about my development. And I've always had a village around me. Even when I came to Miami, um, I had people who really looked after um, anything that I was doing, if I was going down the wrong path, they made sure that I, I changed that path. So that's the main thing, just really trying to help kids in any way that we can. If it's sports as a tool or is it STEM or is it scholarships, food, whatever it may be that kids need, um, we want to try to assist. And I think at the end of the day, if I can do that and continue to develop programs that help kids, not only in Miami, but New Orleans, where my family's from, Nigeria, and any other place, Bermuda, where we can really, you know, change 
really their future and their outcome. I think that sometimes we don't understand how much impact we can have on children. Really, uh, certain decisions that they make can change the trajectory of their lives. So that's what we're really trying to focus on. What does Dibia mean? Dibia means master of wisdom or knowledge. In? In Igbo. Which is? Nigerian dialect. And I'm happy you mentioned that because Brandon is very, very proud of his Nigerian heritage. And I want you to enlighten us on your royal bloodline. So in the fourth grade, my father is very humble. So in the fourth grade, a young man named Ryan Jupiter was like, hey, I heard you're a prince. I'm like, Ryan, what are you talking about? And uh, he's like, yeah, I heard you're a prince, like coming to America. I think coming to America might have just came out or whatever it may be. I can't remember. Um, so I'm like, yeah, OK, whatever. I go home and I ask my dad. And I'm like, dad, this kid Ryan at school, you know, said I'm a prince. I don't know what he's talking about just because we're Nigerian. Like, what is that about? He's like, well, actually, you are. And said it as clear as day, just like that. And then just walked off. And I was like, okay, so that, that's a lot to take in in fourth grade. You know, you really try to you know, grasp that. Um, but from my grandfather, nah, he was uh, king of the village um, where my father's from. And after he passed away, the village voted um, my dad to be the king. Okay. And once he was king, he gained or earned... Um, I think might be six more titles throughout the surrounding areas. So my father will tell you and he'll just say, yeah, you know, um, I'm chief of Osaba in Nigeria. But when you dive deeper and ask him more questions and probably give him, you know, his favorite drink of Grand Marnier mixed <laughs> with margarita mix, he will explain like the totality of what he truly embodies, which is uh, it's amazing to see. Um, it also makes you very proud to really understand your culture, but also carry yourself differently. And I think that sometimes it takes a while for you to do that as everyone tries to, or matures when they, when they mature. But, um, it's, it was, I would say it's, it's probably something that I take very seriously. Um, it's super life. cool. Yeah. 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 So is that where Hefe came from? No, Hefe came from, uh, I think, you know, Rick Ross was <laughs> saying stuff a lot. So, um, I think actually I looked it up, what boss was in Spanish for some reason. I think around the same time Rick Ross was saying it. So then it just, it just stuck. I think anytime I try to change my nickname, whatever I change it to, it really sticks with people. Like when I was younger, my name was given to me because I had nappy hair. So they called me BDB or BD. And that anybody from New Orleans, like they'll still call me that to this day. I'm only like really close people call me that. And then when I got to college, I was Iceberg Slim. I had just read the book Iceberg Slim. And then Jay-Z was calling himself Iceberg Slim. Then when Jay-Z switched his name to S. Carter, I just went by B. And literally from the time I graduated to today, people still call me B. Then when I switched to Hefe, people call me that. So it's really anytime I switch my name, people people stick with that. So you're a trendsetter. I wouldn't say all of that, but you know, Diddy <laughs> oh, said you have to re you know redefine yourself, so reinvent yourself, reinvent yourself. That's it. Iceberg Slim. Sometimes we see him iced out grill. Sometimes you do see that. You you have to enjoy life. You know, I just jumped out of a plane a couple of days ago. That's so. true. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, look, I think sometimes people operate in a very space to be uptight and not be who they are. It's just because of what people may think and how they feel. 
Um, I learned very young not to worry about that. At the end of the day, I think that if you want to do certain things and be who you are, you should be able to do that. I walk around very casual now. When I first started in corporate America or whatever, I was always suited up. But I'm very casual because, one, I'm comfortable in myself. But, two, to make people understand that you can be comfortable in who you are, but also someone looks like me. I have on a hoodie right now. I'm not a threat, right? Like, I'm not a threat. And all I do is really help kids. Like, it doesn't matter what someone looks like. There's tons of people. I was reading the Forbes today. This guy is ruthless <laughs> and how he handles business and people. But he wears a nice suit. Everybody thinks it's fine. That's not that's not always the case. So you should be who you are and just, you know, people should either accept it or they don't. Agreed. Your account on social media is open. Definitely. Right. I respect the fact that you are always yourself. Right but still able to maintain, quote unquote, this brand. A lot of people are very protective of the brand, which you should be. Right. How do you balance being authentic Brandon? Good question. And maintain your professional and civic brand? Well, you you have to be mindful of who your audience is. So I know a lot of kids and a lot of parents watch what I do. So I make sure, like when I first started with any type of social media, I was very cautious of what I put up there because their kids follow me, right? And I understand that you may not think you're a role model, but there's just things that kids see you do and they're like, oh, okay, Coach Brandon did it, so it's fine. But then you also have to be true to yourself. So there are times where I will have a good time and I'll go out and I won't post everything that I do. And then there's times where let's say, you know, we impact kids who sim Saturdays. So I'm definitely going to post that or things like that. I think if, if we use Instagram for an example, most of the posts that are there, the main page is very lighthearted, uplifting, positive things. My mm-hmm. stories may get um, <laughs> a little interesting, you know, just to <laughs> spice it up um, because they'll be going in 24 hours. Now, yeah, people can screenshot them and things like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, People have to be able to live like you have to be able to enjoy enjoy life if you can't or be who or be who you are, then you're not being your true, authentic self. And that's um, what we don't want. We don't want a lot of fake people walking around. We already have enough of that. Right. And people can sense that. And I think that's why they gravitate towards you. You've been incredibly successful. You just celebrated, what, 10 years? What was five, that? Years five, five years for Dibia Dream okay. and eight years for Dibia Athletic. What is Dibia Athletic and the Dibia yeah. Dream? So Dibia Athletic is something that uh, was really given to me. Uh, there was a family that I, I really engaged with in a summer camp. And they said, why don't you train our son in sports? And then we'll, you know, we'll set your price and then we'll send you a bunch of referrals. And from there, uh, it was a hobby and then it turned into a full-time business in 2011. I just started to see different things. It allowed me, basketball has allowed me to go from the seventh ward of New Orleans to come to Miami, Florida, to have a camp in Bermuda, have a camp in Baltimore, have conversation of camps in other places. And through that, we started to scholarship kids from various organizations in Miami and started to notice that there were real issues. And so we said, look, we have to attack these issues. How do we attack these issues through after school programming, STEM Saturday programming, summer programming, scholarship programming, sending kids to Africa? So that's what Dream does. And um, I think sometimes people tell me this all the time. I don't never sit and kind of celebrate the success like eight years of being an entrepreneur 
is amazing. Year five, every like year five of Divi Athletic, I was so nervous because mm-hmm. everybody says that's the year that most startups or entrepreneurial businesses fail. So the whole year, I'm like, <laughs> we just got to make it. Um, I was very nervous. And then once we made it, I think within that year, I might have taken half of the money. I think that's when I started Dream and just put it into Dream, mm-hmm. which... As I say it all the time, it's crazy, but Dream has taken off just this year alone. Every year I look at them like, okay, 16, I was like, yo, we, you know, we did some amazing stuff in mm-hmm. 16. And then 17, it was like, yo, you killed 16. And then 18 came. 18 was just nuts to me. And I was like, there's no way that we can do more than mm-hmm. what happened in 18. Dibby Athletic, Dibby Dream, getting all these awards and stuff. 19, I can't even like process 19. We had to stop programming in November. Just to take December off to understand, like, do you understand everything has happened within 19 alone? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's, it's, it's surreal. I mean, I guess that's why I jumped out of the plane. I was just like, oh, no, right. let, me, let me get out of this plane. Let me get close to God. Let me understand. Let me just try to, I don't know, enjoy, enjoy the experience, but also enjoy life. Cause mm-hmm. there's sometimes where we just start to just move in this hamster wheel that. We don't pay attention to everything that's going on around us or celebrate. So I try to do that much more now. We have talked about your successes, but obviously the entire five and eight years has not always been peaks. There's been some valleys. So would you mind sharing maybe one or two instances where you were like, what the hell did I do? I left because you were at (laughs) Deloitte, the Orange Bowl. You had other corporate America jobs and you took a leap of faith to go out on your own, which is incredibly scary, but super rewarding as an entrepreneur. So for someone listening, who's thinking, Hey, I'm say a student athlete. I want to leave my job. Share. Yeah. If you're a student athlete listening or, or, or anyone in sports, I definitely want you to read Jason Tatum's new article that came out about him not even spending any of his player contract because. Is that the um, guy with the raggedy car? Not no, the It's not just a Jeep. It's a brand It's just a Jeep Wrangler. There's someone worse, like a Kia or something. No, there's no problem with a Kia. He has a Jeep Wrangler and he's had it for a long time. That's Kawhi Leonard, who's arguably the best player in basketball That's right the guy. now. Right. Um Jason Tatum though is a okay. I think he's in his third or fourth year, but he doesn't spend any of his contract. He mostly spends money from endorsements and stuff like that. But um Dibby Athletic, the biggest I don't want to say the biggest issue, but definitely something that was rough to deal with was within our first year we did two camps out the gate we did Miami's camp and then the next week we did Bermuda's camp and then we had an NBA player be the headline so you know when we come out everybody's going to support who was that no names and oh. then <laughs> and and so uh, Miami goes amazing I mean mm-hmm. we had Gatorade come out do stuff we had free food we had uh, NBA players come and speak like at least three of them come and work out with the kids like it was an amazing experience we gave them all kind of stuff same thing was supposed to happen in Bermuda. I flew out on Friday night from Miami. Saturday, you know, I'm texting a guy like, hey, you know, we already paid for his work visa and a whole bunch of other stuff. We did a whole bunch of articles out there. And he was like, hey, I'm not going to make the camp. Mm. And this is on a Saturday because he had to do something for um, the Olympics that year. And uh, I think it was London. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm like, like, what? What are we going right. to do? We have 70 plus kids signed up. We charged a ton of money mm-hmm. just because we had this guy come in. Um, we got to do something. I was calling a whole bunch of other guys, agents and things like that. And I was like, no, these guys don't have the same caliber. I can't trust them here. 
So we made the camp work, but like at the time, there was no way possible that you could tell me like there would be a bigger issue within whatever we do for Dibia Athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, now we've also faced different challenges. Like the way Dibia moved was that we basically just came in and did what we wanted to do and were really cool about it, but we stepped on a lot of toes. That's feet were there. You were ruthless, like the guy in Florida. <laughs> Talking about I'm humble in my hoodie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, you know, we did that and we had issues with, you know, people trying to block what we do, certain gyms not wanting to work with us, people trying to charge us more money. But through the grace of God, we just made more money. So we were able to either pay certain things or operate. And just because we provided a high uh, quality product, we always had people showing up. Um, but I mean, there were tons of times where it was just like, you know, sometimes dealing with venues, they don't provide everything that they say they're going to provide or on the day of trying to change something, you don't mm-hmm. understand like nine o'clock, we have a hundred kids walking to the gym. We can't have whatever you're talking about. Like I almost got into it. And when I say into it, that's being nice with, with <laughs> facility managers because, you know, they think who they are. I'm like, boss, like this is not <laughs> right. We have. You know what I mean? If we we're putting on an event, like I tell our staff, like we have to be the Disney World of events. Mm-hmm. That's just what I tell the staff. I like that. Um, but also on the, we have to provide be Chick Fil A of service. So that's just how I feel. Now on the dream side, you know, we just heard no so much. I mean, we didn't have any money to start, so I took half of the money from Dibby Athletic. We would apply for grants where we felt that we should have won these grants. We wouldn't get them for various reasons like, oh, we didn't know who you were and things like that. I'm like, that doesn't that's not a question on the grant. The question is, you know, what program and how who are you going to impact and things like that? We've had times where, you know, people paid extremely late Mm -hmm. or, you know, different things like that. I mean, you'll always have issues. And I think that what I've looked at is. You know, how to turn, I'm very solution based. So my staff will call me with stuff and, you know, like, oh my gosh, and I'll just go into solution mode. Okay, this is how we're going to fix it. This is what we're going to do. And then we'll move forward. And they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, because I can't be in the space that you're in. Right. Like, we cannot go backwards. We cannot have a bad day. Mm-hmm. I just know that you know, pe- other people may not say that, but we cannot have that. Right. Like, we get one chance at everything that we do and we have to be amazing at it. Um, growing up, my father's like, you got to be a thousand percent better than other people because you won't get the same chances. Right. Um, and not everyone can be freaking out as the leader. Yes, you what, cannot be freaking out. Right. Everybody's got to be calm, cool, and collective. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we've had, you know, dream deals with um, kids in the community. So we've had issues where best friend's father shot his mm-hmm. friend's father. Like that's. That's an issue that we had to deal with. Um, we've had kids who've come across the border who are into uh, sold into sex trafficking, and then now somehow they got out and they're in our program, and we're trying to deal with, um, not deal with, but help them through what they're going through. So you know, we have very real issues that I think sometimes people don't understand. Like working, not even just saying with our demographic, working with kids alone, you have to be, I guess you could say, gentle. Yeah. But you have to understand, like, they have issues that you might not have had. We have to fix that issue. Mm-hmm. They're not in our program just so they can just go through a program. We don't have a wheel. We have, you come in our program, when you leave our program, you do better so you can be better. Mm-hmm. That's just how we operate. 
Oh, so that, like you said, you're a man with a big heart dealing yes. with kids and all the issues because you never know what someone's going through, particularly as a child. That's right. an extra layer. I know some people read, some people get closer to God, exercise mm. more, change their diet, meditate, all clean up that. their inner circle. Sometimes I look at your stories and you have all these awesome things right. and subliminals. Some of them I really would love to repost, but I'm like, hmm. You should repost. You should, you should post would. whatever you want. It's your social media. That's why I tell people all the time. It is yours. It's no one else's. So if you want to post something, you should be able to post something. If someone comes at you for posting something. Block their, their pop- ass. Or that's their problem. That's their problem. <laughs> You're right. Because this is the thing. I struggle with caring too much about oh, what yeah, other people of course, think. Of course. Of course. And there are so many times, so many good repostable things but i'm just like they're going to know i'm talking about them or i think i don't want them to think that they're that important that they're occupying space in my mind well i think that's the thing you you have to and i'm not speaking to you directly Mm -hmm. but i'm saying people have to get into a space where they can operate without it being a shot at someone like you have so many other issues going on or let's just say like people sometimes will come at me about things and i'm like I just thought it was a great quote. I'm not necessarily dealing with that, wait, but it wait, sounds... Wait, wait, People actually DM or text you and say, is this, I bet you thought this thing was about him. <laughs> I don't know about that. But sometimes people say like, oh, are you going through this? Or, oh, is this directed here? I'm like, no, we're better than that. If you have a problem with somebody, you can address it. You don't have a problem with somebody, then you, you don't need to address it. But also, too, like there's quotes that just... Speak to people like, oh, that's amazing. I think that should be shared. Or like my sister posts a lot of things. Mm-hmm. None of them really impact me, but they are good, like tweetables, you can say. They're good retweetables, uh, yes. They're good retweetables. Yeah. So, I mean, those are mostly the things that I post. And that's just how I feel. Now, okay. I tell people all the time, like, look, this has nothing to do with you. Maybe you're <laughs> in your feelings. Our hit dog were holler. <laughs> I mean, I posted something maybe last week, holler. and the people that actually responded, I wanted to say, you told on yourself. Well, yeah, but I mean, why are you talking about people on social media? Why don't you just tell, tell them and then go from there? Because I think that sometimes people get, people misconstrue things, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll see something, and they're like, oh, that's at me, and then they're all, they're all in, in, their, the, in their home, looking at their phone, <laughs> pissed at you, and you're... Not even worried about them and not even talking about them. I think people like with social media, I think we have really gotten to a point where we use that as a gauge to say, okay, this is how I feel about this person. Oh, I see this. This person must be having a bad day or they're yada, yada, yada. Like, no, I'm not having bad days. Every Everything is all right. It is dangerous. It's a gift and a curse. We love it. But you're right. People take it way too serious. I mean, even my sister Brooke was like, is everything okay? I said, no, it is. I mean, it is. It is. But it does annoy me. We're talking about you not necessarily taking shots at anyone. Have you ever experienced someone taking shots at you online? And how do you deal with that as a new mature man in 2019? (laughs) I don't know if people have taken shots at me. I can say that other people have thought that people have taken shots at me. I don't worry about it. I mean, I look at my life. I like I get up in the morning. And I'm able to do what I want to do every day. That many people can't say that. If you look at the success of, like, I, I gauge things differently. I look at how Dibby has moved and how mm-hmm. successful and how that started with one man and how that man made that work 
through the grace of God, I looked at how Dream was started and how that same one man brought people together to ensure the success Mind you, he's kids. being humble. This is the man I'm sitting across from right here. <laughs> through the grace of God. And when I'm able to look at the pictures and things from, that we get from kids and the videos, I'm good. I mean, if somebody wants to say something about me, I mean, good luck. But at the end of the day, we're all, you know, we're all human beings trying to be better at the end of the day. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone does amazing stuff, hopefully. And then we move on in life. That's just how I feel. You're a spiritual guy, which is awesome. How has your beliefs in God played a role in keeping you focused? A uh, huge role. Um, there's There are days where I get up and I'm like, there's never a day, let me say, that I get up and I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But there are days where I'm like, all right, are you doing enough to ensure the success of both businesses and the three other businesses that you have in your head that you haven't started? What does that look like? And then I step back and I'm like, you know what? I'll go through my morning ritual. Like I have this book by Joshua. I want to say Du Bois. He was the, I guess you could say, executive chaplain for President Obama. I think I'm saying his title wrong. but So he came out with a book and there's a devotional for every day of the year. Um, I have my devotionals in my Bible app. I have a book now that the name escapes me, but it's weekly. Do you still do your Tuesday calls? No. Um, um, something happened. Like, I think he just stopped doing the calls with, okay. uh, with uh, Bishop Walker. But okay. I do watch him on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And Bishop Walker's amazing. Like, how he relates things to the Bible and how he talks and how uh, up-to-date he is on things allows you to, like, really engage with what he's saying. So um, if I didn't have the faith that I had, I, I definitely wouldn't have stepped out um, on my own. I wouldn't have stepped out on another business as well. Um, and I get that from my parents. Both of them are very, very um, religious. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that's just been a huge foundation for me. I, I think that that was wildly important to have that type of foundation with doing the business that I do and operating in the space that I operate. You have your training and coaching, your not-for-profit, the new basketball coach at Booker T. Washington. And yes, as you mentioned, I'm the coach at Booker T. Now, it's an amazing experience. Um, You know, people always say, like, do you have, I used to coach at Ransom, and they'll say, is it, you have different issues from Ransom? I'm like, I actually don't. I have the exact same issues. The exact same issues. Um, Minus, I don't have to engage with um, leadership as much Mm -hmm. um, on various things that coaches should not have to deal with. That is very important. I, I, I'm Whoever's listening, if someone's coaching, they're doing that out of the love. They're not doing that for money. The, what coaches have to deal with today is beyond insane. My coach did not have to deal with any of that. And I think that we put a huge burden on coaches expecting them to be role models, father figures, and it goes down the line. And we don't one, compensate them for that, but two, understand the additional stress that coaches go through. Um, but yeah, the exact same issues, discipline issues where kids being kids um, literally mirrored an issue that I dealt with with Ransom. So, um, but it's been great. You know, we have great kids, great environment. Um, the leadership there has been great. So no complaints at all. All right, Brandon, this is our fire away round. That was, not a, that was not a good sound effect. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, and I'm going to answer And it. you have to answer. No thought. Okay. Just answer it. No, not T-H-O-T. 
thoughts. Okay. What is wrong with Brett? What is wrong with Brett? <laughs> Just answer and we'll figure it out later. Okay. Okay. All right. What was the last thing you ordered from Amazon? Dang. I have to think because I forgot. Okay. You can think about Uh What was the last thing I ordered from Amazon? Um, Something for blue. Blue is still around, right? Blue is still around. Okay, that's. What's uh, I ordered some stem kits. Oh, did sweet. I order some stem kits? Okay. No, I ordered a USB adapter for my laptop because okay. I have a fancy Apple and you know I have USB anymore. So I got this adapter. I don't know. So yeah. Stick with PCs. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? Oh, I'm at like twenty five. Like I'm a I'm not a normal type person. Um I'm very extra at times. I'm very calm at times. I'm very weird at times. So yeah, I'm I'm up there and I have no problem You're with that. You're probably a twenty five. Yeah, probably a twenty five. Okay, because I call you myself I mean, what I, I do. I mean, I like being weird. I right. feel like I, I don't it. I don't wanna be mediocre and normal. That's boring. I love it. Okay. If you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell the younger Brandon? I would tell him 10 years ago to start his own business, start one series of a book on his personal life and one series on a childhood series. I would tell him to be very mindful of the people that he keeps around him. I would tell him to make wiser decisions with dealing with um, relationships and issues. And I would tell him to spend way more time with his family because you're missing out on, on key, um, events, time and, and different things like that with your family. Um, that's what I would tell him. Nice. Luckily you can still do, you can still you can do all of it. Yes. What's the wildest DM you've ever received? <laughs> What's the wildest DM? That is like a normal DM, right? Not like the the what do you say? The ghost accounts, the the scammer accounts. All of them. Uh, I don't know what goes on there because I delete those as soon as I get them. Um, but the wildest DM I've ever gotten, I don't know. Somebody you know wanting to go out or really liked a picture I posted and made them feel a certain way. That's oh, right. the, the one that. I honestly can't remember. The one in the water. One in the water. Brandon posts, sometimes he posts these thirst traps. I post thirst traps. He likes to go on solo trips. We didn't talk about his, we're going to have to do like a part two, but Brandon likes to to travel. travel. So if I travel, so why can't I post a picture of myself and it be of myself saying, hi, I'm in Tulum having a great time. This is not a thirst trap. Right. No, I'm not criticizing. I think that it's awesome that he is able to. Be confident enough to travel alone, get someone to take his picture. And when someone writes you, what did you respond back? Hopefully you were humble. I definitely was very like. Thanks very much. Something like that. Because I think there was one picture I gave him a compliment. He didn't even press the little heart button that he liked the comment. Now it's, I'm it's, pressing the hard buttons. I, before I didn't even pay attention to them. Okay. I just, you know, people comment. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I said I felt some type of way on that know, one, but whatever. We still here. Everything I What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, I don't like repeating myself. 
I don't like being asked the same question over and over. I think that people today like to operate in, I don't know what they like to operate in, to be honest, but I think that sometimes people don't listen. Like you'll ask me a question and I'll give you an answer. And then you'll ask me the same question again. Like I just didn't give you the answer or um, one thing that really grinds my gears is now that, you know, my number is the business number. So people will call, I answer the phone. Hello, this is Brandon. They'll say, hi, can I speak to Brandon? I literally hang up. Or like today I got a call for somebody who worked for us, but they were trying to get another job and verify. Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh, I'm like, hello, this is Brandon. I'm like, hi, can I speak to Brandon? I said, this is Brandon. And they're like, oh, we're calling to verify employment. Can we speak to Brandon? Click. They deserve that. I mean, this is twice. You, you're right. not, you're not, you're going through a script. Like, no, mm-hmm. be a human Think. and listen. So if someone says or gives you the information that you want, then go from there. I learned in one cohort, it's like, say what you want and shut up. So once I give you my answer and I don't speak anymore, that doesn't mean for you to continuously ask me the same question over and over. This is my answer. Right. Either love it or leave it alone. Digest it and keep it moving. What book or books are you currently reading? Uh, I'm going to play. Welcome to Brit Happens. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Brit Happens is an interview-based audio show where successful entrepreneurs, professionals, and thought leaders discuss how they've navigated unexpected career curveballs and turned setbacks into wins and stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Our purpose is not just to identify the issues and obstacles, but dive into the thought processes and tactics that can be deployed to overcome challenges all of us face. <laughs> Okay, do a testing. Young Hefe. Young Hefe. <laughs> Young. Oh, we're going to have some fun. <laughs> What's up now? On a scale of 1 to 10, how weird are you? Oh, I'm at like 25. I'm not a normal type person. I'm very extra at times. I'm very calm at times. I'm very weird at times. So, yeah, I'm, I'm up there. Basketball has allowed me to go from the seventh ward of New Orleans to come to Miami, Florida, to have a camp in Bermuda, have a camp in Baltimore, have conversation of camps in other places. And through that, we started to scholarship kids from various organizations in Miami and started to notice that there were real issues. And so we said, look, we have to attack these issues. How do we attack these issues through after school programming? STEM Saturday programming, summer programming, scholarship programming, sending kids to Africa. That's what Dream does. We cannot go backwards. We cannot have a bad day. Mm-hmm. I just know that cannot have that. We get one chance at everything that we do and we have to be amazing at it. Growing up, my father's like, you got to be a thousand percent better than other people because you won't get the same chances. Right. By 2021, we'll hopefully have laid the foundation for Dream Academy School, where we'll have our own schools. So that is one of our bigger items, expanding to Nigeria, Jamaica, Atlanta, Dallas, Texas, and Dubai. We don't have a wheel. You come in our program, when you leave our program, you do better so you can be better. Mm -hmm. That's just how we operate. Are you seeing anyone at this time? (laughs) Delete. (laughs) That means, that means, bye. Say bye. Say bye. Thank you for having me, Britt. I am excited to be here with Brandon O'Pollaby, who is the founder, president, and CEO of Dibia Athletic Development and Dibia Dream, Inc. Yes, yes. 
Brandon was actually one of the first people that I met when I reacclimated myself back in Miami in 2011 from New York. I met him at a young professional network event, and yeah. he actually was not that friendly at the time, but I'm happy to say eight years later, here we are. Brandon is heavily, heavily involved in his community, professionally and personally. Can you just give us who Brandon is and talk us through what led you to starting Divya? That's a good question. Brandon is a young man who has a big heart for kids. That's that's the nuts and bolts of it. Um, I see issues that kids face on a daily basis and just really want to try to give them all tools to be successful. Um I was blessed to have great parents, uh, great family members around me, uh, great mentors when I was young who were, might have been really mean, but they, they <laughs> really cared <laughs> about my development. And I've always had a village around me. Even when I came to Miami, um, I had people who really looked after um, anything that I was doing, if I was going down the wrong path, they made sure that I, I changed that path. So that's the main thing, just really trying to help kids in any way that we can. If it's sports as a tool or is it STEM or is it scholarships, food, whatever it may be that kids need, um, we want to try to assist. And I think at the end of the day, if I can do that and continue to develop programs that help kids, not only in Miami, but New Orleans, where my family's from, Nigeria, and any other place, Bermuda, where we can really, you know, change really their future and their outcome. I think that sometimes we don't understand how much impact we can have on children. Really, uh, certain decisions that they make can change the trajectory of their life. So that's what we're really trying to focus on. What does Dibia mean? Dibia means master of wisdom or knowledge. In? In Igbo. Which is? <laughs> Nigerian dialect. And I'm happy you mentioned that because Brandon is very, very proud of his Nigerian heritage. And I want you to enlighten us on your royal bloodline. So in the fourth grade, my father is very humble. So in the fourth grade, a young man named Ryan Jupiter was like, hey, I heard you're a prince. I'm like, Ryan, what are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, I heard you're a prince. Like coming to America. I think coming to America might have just came out or whatever it may be. I can't remember. Um, so I'm like, yeah, OK, whatever. I go home and I ask my dad, and I'm like, Dad, this kid Ryan at school you know, said I'm a prince. I don't know what he's talking about just because we're Nigerian. Like, what is that about? He's like, well, actually, you are. And said it as clear as day, just like that, and then just walked off. And I was like, okay, so that, that's a lot to take in in fourth grade. You know, you really <laughs> try to you know, grasp that. Um, but from my grandfather, nah, he was uh, king of the village um, where my father's from, and after he passed away, the village voted um, my dad to be the king. Okay. And once he was king, he gained or earned, um, I think, maybe six more titles throughout the surrounding areas. So my father will tell you and he'll just say, yeah, you know, um, I'm chief of Osaba in Nigeria. But when you dive deeper and ask him more questions and probably get him, you know, his favorite drink of Grand Marnier mixed with <laughs> margarita mix, he will explain like the totality of what he truly embodies, which is, uh, it's amazing to see. Um, it also makes you very proud to really understand your culture, but also carry yourself differently. And I think that sometimes it takes a while for you to do that. It's everyone tries to, or matures when they, when they mature, but um 
it's I, it was I would say it's it's probably something that I take very seriously. Um, it's super life. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that where Hefe came from? No, Hefe came from. <laughs> uh, I think you know Rick Ross was <laughs> saying stuff a lot. So. Um, <laughs> I think I actually had looked it up, what boss was in Spanish for some reason. I think around the same time Rick Ross was saying it. So then it just it just stuck. I think anytime I try to change my nickname, whatever I change it to, it really sticks with people. Like when I was younger, my name was given to me because I had nappy hair. So they called me BDB or BD. And that anybody from New Orleans, like they'll still call me that to this day. I'm only like really close people call me that. And then when I got to college, I was Iceberg Slim. I had just read the book Iceberg Slim, and then Jay-Z was calling himself Iceberg Slim. Then when Jay-Z switched his name to S. Carter, I just went by B. Dot. And literally from the time I graduated to today, people still call me B. Dot. Then when I switched to Hefe, people call me that. So it was really any time I switched my name, people people stick with that. So you're a trendsetter. I wouldn't say all of that, but you know, then <laughs> oh, he said you have to re, you know, redefine yourself, so. reinvent yourself, reinvent yourself. That's it. Iceberg Slim. Sometimes we see him iced out grill. Sometimes you do see that. You you have to enjoy life. You know, I just jumped out of a plane a couple of days ago. That's so. true. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, look, I think sometimes people operate in a very space to be uptight and not be who they are, but it's just because of what people may think and how they feel. Um, I learned very young not to worry about that. At the end of the day, I think that if you want to do certain things and be who you are, you should be able to do that. I walk around very casual now. When I first started in corporate America or whatever, I was always suited up. But I, I'm very casual because, one, I'm comfortable in myself. But, two, to make people understand that you can be comfortable in who you are, but also someone looks like me. I have on a hoodie right now. I'm not a threat, right? Like, I'm not a threat. And all I do is really help kids. Like, it doesn't matter what someone looks like. There's tons of people. I was reading a Forbes today. This guy is ruthless <laughs> and how he handles business and people. But he wears a nice suit. Everybody thinks he's fine. That's not that's not always the case. So you should be who you are and just, you know, people should either accept it or they don't. Agreed. Your account on social media is open. Definitely. Right. I respect the fact that you are always yourself. Right but still able to maintain, quote-unquote, this brand. A lot of people are very protective of the brand, which you should be. Right. How do you balance being authentic, Brandon? Good question. And maintain your professional and civic brand? Well, you you have to be mindful of who your audience is. So I know a lot of kids and a lot of parents watch what I do. So I make sure, like when I first started with any type of social media, I was very cautious of what I put up there because there are kids following me, right? And I understand that you may not think you're a role model, but there's just things that kids see you do and they're like, oh, okay, Coach Brandon did it, so it's fine. But then you also have to be true to yourself. So there are times where I will have a good time and I'll go out and I won't post everything that I do. And then there's times where, let's say, you know, we impact kids through some Saturdays. So I'm definitely going to post that or things like that. I think if, if we use Instagram, for an example, most of the posts that are there, the main page is very lighthearted, uplifting, positive things. My mm-hmm. stories may get um, <laughs> a little interesting, you know, just to <laughs> spice it up. Um, because they'll be going in 24 hours. Now, yeah, people can screenshot them and things like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, people have to be able to live. Like 
You have to be able to enjoy, enjoy life. If you can't or be who or be who you are, then you're not being your true authentic self. And that's um, what we don't want. We don't want a lot of fake people walking around. We already have enough of that. Right. And people can sense that. And I think right. that's why they gravitate towards you. You've been incredibly successful. You just celebrated, what, 10 years? What was five, that? Years five, five, five years for Dibia Dream okay. and eight years for Dibia Athletic. What is Dibia Athletic and the Dibia yeah. Dream? So Dibia Athletic is something that uh, was really given to me. Uh, there was a family that I, I really engaged with in a summer camp. And they said, why don't you train our son in sports? And then we'll, you know, we'll set your price and then we'll send you a bunch of referrals. And from there, uh, it was a hobby and then it turned into a full-time business in 2011. I just started to see different things. It allowed me, basketball has allowed me to go from the seventh ward of New Orleans to come to Miami, Florida, to have a camp in Bermuda, have a camp in Baltimore, have conversation of camps in other places. And through that, we started to scholarship kids from various organizations in Miami and started to notice that there were real issues. And we said, look, we have to attack these issues. How do we attack these issues through after school programming, STEM Saturday programming, summer programming, scholarship programming, sending kids to Africa? So that's what Dream does. And um, I think sometimes people tell me this all the time. I don't never sit and kind of celebrate the success like eight years of being an entrepreneur is amazing. Year five, every like year five of Divi Athletic, I was so nervous because mm-hmm. everybody says that's the year that most startups or entrepreneurial businesses fail. So the whole year, I'm like, we just got to make it. Um, I was very nervous. And then once we made it, I think within that year, I might have taken half of the money. I think that's when I started Dream and just put it into Dream, mm-hmm. which... As I say it all the time, it's crazy, but Dream has taken off just this year alone. Every year I look at them like, okay, 16, I was like, yo, we, you know, we did some amazing stuff in 16. Mm-hmm. And then 17, it was like, yo, you killed 16. And then 18 came. 18 was just nuts to me. And I was like, there's no way that we can do more than what mm-hmm. happened in 18. Dibby Athletic, Dibby Dream, getting all these awards and stuff. 19, I can't even like process 19. We had to stop programming in November. Just to take December off to understand, like, do you understand everything has happened within 19 alone? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's, 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 it's surreal. I mean, I guess that's why I jumped out of a plane. I was just like, oh, no, right. let, me, let me get out of this plane. Let me get close to God. Let me understand. Let me just try to, I don't know, enjoy, enjoy the experience, but also enjoy life. Cause mm-hmm. there's sometimes where we just start to just move in this hamster wheel that. We don't pay attention to everything that's going on around us or celebrate. So I try to do that much more now. We have talked about your successes, but obviously the entire five and eight years has not always been peaks. There's been some valleys. So would you mind sharing maybe one or two instances where you were like, what the hell did I do? I left because you were at (laughs) Deloitte, the Orange Bowl. You had other corporate America jobs and you took a leap of faith to go out on your own, which is incredibly scary, but super rewarding as an entrepreneur. So for someone listening, who's thinking, Hey, I'm say a student athlete. I want to leave my job. Share. Yeah. If you're a student athlete listening or, or, or anyone in sports, I definitely want you to read Jason Tatum's new article that came out about him not even spending any of his player contract because. Is that the um, guy with the raggedy car? 
Not no. the rhyme really does. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not. Just it's, a it's, cheap, it's a brand new. It's, it's, it's a Jeep Wrangler. There's someone just, worse, like a Kia or something. No, there's no problem with a Kia. He has a Jeep Wrangler, and he's had it for a long time. That's Kawhi Leonard, who's arguably the best player in basketball That's right the guy. now. Right. Um, Jason Tatum, though, is a. Okay. I think he's in his third or fourth year, but he doesn't spend any of his contract. He mostly spends money from endorsements and stuff like that. But um, Dibby Athletic, the biggest. I don't want to say the biggest issue, but definitely something that was rough to deal with was within our first year, we did two camps out the gate. We did Miami's camp. And then the next week we did Bermuda's camp. And then we had an NBA player be the headline. So, you know, when we come out, everybody's going to support. Who was that? No names. And then, (laughs) and and so uh, Miami goes amazing. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had Gatorade come out, do stuff. We had free food. We had, um, NBA players come and speak, like at least three of them come and work out with the kids. Like it was an amazing experience. We gave them all kind of stuff. Same thing was supposed to happen in Bermuda. I flew out on Friday night from Miami. Saturday, you know, I'm texting the guy like, hey, you know, we already paid for his work visa and a whole bunch of other stuff. We did a whole bunch of articles out there. And he was like, hey, I'm not going to make the camp. Mm. And this is on a Saturday because he had to do something for the Olympics that year and uh, I think it was London mm-hmm. and so in my head I'm like like what what are we gonna right. do we have 70 plus kids signed that we charged a ton of money mm-hmm. just because we had this guy come in um we got to do something I was calling a whole bunch of other guys agents and things like that and I was like no these guys don't have the same caliber I can't trust them here so we made the camp work, but like at the time, there was no way possible that you could tell me like there would be a bigger issue within whatever we do for Dibia Athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, now we've also faced different challenges. Like the way Dibia moved was that we basically just came in and did what we wanted to do and were really cool about it, but we stepped on a lot of toes. That's yeah, your feet were there. You were ruthless, like the guy in Florida. <laughs> Talking about I'm humble in my hoodie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, you know, we did that and we had issues with, you know, people trying to block what we do, certain gyms not wanting to work with us, people trying to charge us more money. But through the grace of God, we just made more money. So we were able to either pay certain things or operate. And just because we provided a high uh, quality product, we always had people showing up. Um, but I mean, there were tons of times where it was just like, you know, sometimes dealing with venues, they don't provide everything that they say they're going to provide or on the day of trying to change something. You don't yeah. understand like nine o'clock, we have a hundred kids walking in the gym. We can't have whatever you're talking about. Like I almost got into it. And when I say into it, that's being nice with, with <laughs> facility managers because, you know, they think who they are. I'm like, boss, like this is not <laughs> right. We have. You know what I mean? If we, we're putting on an event, like I tell our staff, like we have to be the Disney world of events. Mm-hmm. That's just what I tell the staff. I like that. Um, but also on the, we have to provide, be Chick-fil-A of service. So that's just how I feel. Now on the dream side, you know, we just heard no so much. I mean, we didn't have any money to start. So I took half of the money from Dibby Athletic. We would apply for grants where we felt that we should have won these grants. We wouldn't get them for various reasons like, oh, we didn't know who you were and things like that. I'm like, that doesn't that's not a question on a grant. The question is, you know, what program and right. how, who are you going to impact and things like that? We've had times where, you know, people paid extremely late mm-hmm. or, you know, different things like that. I mean, you, you'll always have issues. And I think that what I've looked at is. You know, how to turn, I'm very solution based. So my staff will call me with stuff and, 
you know, like, oh my gosh, and I'll just go into solution mode. Okay, this is how we're going to fix it. This is what we're going to do, and then we'll move forward. And like, how do you do that? I'm like, because I can't be in the space that you're in. Right. Like, we cannot go backwards. We cannot have a bad day. Mm-hmm. I just know that you know, pe- other people may not say that, but we cannot have that, right? Like, we get one chance at everything that we do, and we have to be amazing at it. Um, growing up, my father's like, you got to be a thousand percent better than other people because you won't get the same chances. Right. Um, and not everyone can be freaking out as the leader. Yes. You cannot be freaking out. Everybody's got to be calm, cool, and collective. Mm -hmm. Um, but like we've had, you know, dream deals with, um, kids in the community. So we've had issues where best friend's father shot his Mm -hmm. friend's father. Like that's. That's an issue that we had to deal with. Um, we've had kids who've come across the border who are into, uh, sold into sex trafficking, and then now somehow they got out and they're in our program. And we're trying to deal with, um, not deal with, but help them through what they're going through. So, you know, we have very real issues that I think sometimes people don't understand, like working, not even just saying with our demographic, working with kids alone, you have to be, I guess you could say gentle. Yeah. But you have to understand, like, they have issues that you might not have had. We have to fix that issue. Mm-hmm. They're not in our program just so they can just go through a program. We don't have a wheel. We have, you come in our program, when you leave our program, you do better so you can be better. Mm-hmm. That's just how we operate. Oh, so that, like you said, you're a man with a big heart dealing yes. with kids and all the issues because you never know what someone's going through. But clearly as a child, that's right. an extra layer. I know some people read, some people get closer to God, exercise mm. more, change their diet, meditate, all clean up that. their inner circle. Sometimes I look at your stories and you have all these awesome things right. and subliminals. Some of them I really would love to repost, but I'm like, mm. You should repost. You should, you should post would. whatever you want. It's your social media. That's why I tell people all the time. It is yours. It's no one else's. So if you want to post something, you should be able to post something. If someone comes at you for posting something, block that's their, their pro- Or that's their problem. That's their problem. <laughs> You're right, because this is the thing. I struggle with caring too much about oh, what yeah, other people of course, think. Of course, of course. And there are so many times, so many good repostable things but i'm just like they're going to know i'm talking about them or i think i don't want them to think that they're that important that they're occupying space in my mind well i think that's the thing you you have to and i'm not speaking to you directly Mm -hmm. but i'm saying people have to get into a space where they can operate without it being a shot at someone like you have so many other issues going on or let's just say like people sometimes will come at me about things and i'm like I just thought it was a great quote. I'm not necessarily dealing with that, wait, but it wait, sounds... Wait, People actually DM or text you and say, is this, I bet you thought this thing was about him. I don't get all that. But sometimes people say like, oh, are you going through this? Or, oh, is this directed here? I'm like, no, we're better than that. If you have a problem with somebody, you can address it. You don't have a problem with somebody, then you don't need to address it. But also, too, like there's quotes that just... Speak to people like, oh, that's amazing. I think that should be shared. Or like my sister posts a lot of things. Mm-hmm. None of them really impact me, but they are good, like tweetables, you can say. They're good retweetables, uh, yes. They're good retweetables. Yeah. So, I mean, those are mostly the things that I post. And that's just how I feel. Now, okay. I tell people all the time, like, look, this has nothing to do with you. Maybe you're in your feelings. <laughs> Our hit dog were holler. <laughs> I mean, I posted something maybe last week, holler. and the people that actually responded, I wanted to say, you told on yourself. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, why are you talking about people on social media? Why don't you just tell tell them and then go from there? Because I think that sometimes people get people misconstrue things, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll see something and they're like, "Oh, that's at me," and then they're all they're all in, in their the, in their home looking at their phone, <laughs> pissed at you, and you're not even worried about you're them right. and not even talking about them. I think people like with social media. I think we have really gotten to a point where we use that as a gauge to. Say, okay, this is how I feel about this person. Oh, I see this. This person must be having a bad day or they're yada, yada, yada. Like, nah, I'm not having bad days. Every Everything is all right. It's, it is dangerous. It's a gift and a curse. We love right. it, but you're right. People take it way too serious. I mean, even my sister Brooke was like, is everything okay? I said, no, it is. I mean, it is. <laughs> it is. But it does annoy me. We're talking about you not necessarily taking shots at anyone. Have right. you ever experienced someone taking shots at you online and how do you deal with that as a new mature man in 2019 <laughs> i don't know if people have taken shots at me i can say that other people have thought that people have taken shots at me i don't worry about it i mean i look at my life i like i get up in the morning and i'm able to do what i want to do every day that many people can't say that if you look at the success of like i, I gauge things differently i look at how dibby has moved and how mm-hmm. successful And how that started with one man and how that man made that work through the grace of God. I looked at how Dream was started and how that same one man brought people together to ensure the success. Mind you, he's being humble. This is the man I'm sitting across from right here. (laughs) Through the grace of God. And when I'm able to look at the pictures and things that we get from kids and the videos, I'm good. I mean, if somebody wants to say something about me, I mean, good luck. But at the end of the day, we're all, you know, we're all human beings trying to be better at the end of the day. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone does amazing stuff, hopefully. And then we move on in life. That's just how I feel. You're a spiritual guy, which is awesome. How has your beliefs in God played a role in keeping you focused? Uh, huge role. Um, there's There are days where I get up and I'm like, there's never a day, let me say, that I get up and I'm concerned Mm-hmm. But there are days where I'm like, all right, are you doing enough to ensure the success of both businesses and the three other businesses that you have in your head that you haven't started? What does that look like? And then I step back and I'm like, you know what? I'll go through my morning ritual. Like I have this book by Joshua. I want to say Du Bois. He was the, I guess you could say, executive chaplain for President Obama. Oh, cool. I think I'm saying his title wrong, but so he came out with a book and there's a devotional for every day of the year. Um, I have my devotionals in my Bible app. I have a book now that the name escapes me, but it's weekly. Do you still do your Tuesday calls? No. I'm, um, something happened. Like, I think he just stopped doing the calls with, okay. uh, with uh, Bishop Walker, but okay. I do watch him on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And Bishop Walker's amazing. Like, how... He relates things to the Bible and how he talks and how uh, up to date he is on things allows you to like really engage with what he's saying. So um, if I didn't have the faith that I had, I I definitely wouldn't have stepped out um, on my own. I wouldn't have stepped out on another business as well. Um, And I get that from my parents. Both of them are very, very um, religious. Mm -hmm. And... um, I mean, that's just been a huge foundation for me. I, I think that that was wildly important to have that type of foundation with doing the business that I do and operating in the space that I operate. 
you have your training and coaching, your not-for-profit, the new basketball coach at Booker T. Washington. And yes, as you mentioned, I'm the coach at Booker T. now. It's an amazing experience. Um, you know, people always say, like, do you have, I used to coach at Ransom, and they'll say, is it, you have different issues from Ransom? I'm like, I actually don't. I have the exact same really? issues. The exact same issues. Um, minus, I don't have to engage with, um, leadership as much, mm-hmm. um, on various things that coaches should not have to deal with. That is very important. I, I, I'm, whoever's listening, if someone's coaching, they're doing that out of the love. They're not doing that for money. The, what coaches have to deal with today is beyond insane. My coach did not have to deal with any of that. And I think that we put a huge burden on coaches expecting them to be role models, father figures, and it goes down the line. And we don't, one, compensate them for that, but two, understand the additional stress that coaches go through. Um, but yeah, the exact same issues, discipline issues where kids being kids um, literally mirrored an issue that I dealt with with Ransom. So um, but it's been great. You know, we have great kids, great environment. Um, the leadership there has been great. So no complaints at all. All right, Brandon. This is our fire away round. That was not a, that was not a good sound effect. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. And I'm going to answer And it. you have to answer. No thoughts. Okay. Just answer it. No, not T-H-O-T. Thoughts. Okay. What is wrong with Brett? What is wrong with Brett? <laughs> Just answer and we'll figure it out later. Okay. Okay. All right. What was the last thing you ordered from Amazon? Dang. I have to think because I forgot. Okay. You can think about Uh What was the last thing I ordered from Amazon? Um, Something for Blue. Blue is still around, right? Blue is still around. Okay. That's what's uh, I ordered some STEM kits. Oh. Did I sweet. order some STEM kits? Okay. No, I ordered a USB adapter for my laptop because right. I have a fancy Apple and you know I have USB anymore, so I gotta get this adapter. Oh, so I know. Stick with PCs. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? Oh, I'm at like twenty five. Like I'm a I'm not a normal type person. Um, I'm very extra at times. I'm very calm at times. I'm very weird at times. So, yeah, I'm I'm up there. I have no problem You're with that. You're probably a 25. Yeah, probably a 25. Okay, because I call myself. Who I mean, what I, I do? I mean, I like being weird. I right. feel like I, if, I don't, I don't want to be mediocre and normal. That's boring. I love it. Okay. If you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell the younger Brandon? I would tell him 10 years ago to start his own business, start one series of a book on his personal life and one series on a childhood series. I would tell him to be very mindful of the people that he keeps around him. I would tell him to make wiser decisions with dealing with um, relationships and issues. And I would tell him to spend way more time with his family because you're missing out on on key um, events, time, and, and different things like that with your family. Um, that's what I would tell him. Nice. Luckily, you can still do. You can still. You can do all. Of it. Yes. What's the wildest DM you've ever received? <laughs> What's the wildest DM? That is like a normal DM, right? Not like the the what do you say? Uh, the ghost accounts, the the scammer accounts. All of them. 
Uh, I don't know what goes in it because I delete them as soon as I get them. Um, but the wildest DM I've ever gotten, I don't know, somebody, you know, wanting to go out or really liked a picture I posted and made them feel a certain way. That's oh, right. the, the one that... <laughs> I honestly can't remember. The one in the water. one in the water? Brandon posts... Sometimes he posts these thirst traps. I post thirst traps? He likes to go on solo trips. We didn't talk about his... We're going to have to do like a part two, but Brandon I likes like to, to travel. travel. So if I travel, so why can't I post a picture of myself and it be of myself saying, hi, I'm in Tulum having a great time. This is not a thirst trap. Right. No, I'm not criticizing. I think that it's awesome that he is able to be confident enough to travel alone, get someone to take his picture. And when someone writes you, what did you respond back? Hopefully you were humble. I definitely was very like... Thanks very much. Something like that. Because I think there was one picture I gave him a compliment. He didn't even press the little heart button that he liked the comment. Now I'm pressing the heart button. Before, I didn't even pay attention to him. Okay. I just, you know, people comment. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I I felt some type of way on that one. But whatever. We're still here. Everything I What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, I don't like repeating myself. I don't like being asked the same question over and over. I think that people today like to operate in, uh, I don't know what they like to operate in, to be honest, but I think that sometimes people don't listen. Like, you'll ask me a question, and I'll give you an answer, and then you'll ask me the same question again, like, I just didn't give you the answer. Or um, one thing that really grinds my gears is now that, you know, my number is the business number, so people will call I answer the phone. Hello, this is Brandon. They'll say, hi, I can't speak to Brandon. I literally hang up. Or like today, I got a call for somebody who worked for us, but they were trying to get another job and verify. Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh, I'm like, hello, this is Brandon. I'm like, hi, I can't speak to Brandon. I said, this is Brandon. And they're like, oh, we're calling to verify employment. Can we speak to Brandon? Click. They deserve that. I mean, this is twice. You, you're uh, not, you're not, you're going through a script. Like, no, mm-hmm. be a human. Think. And listen. So if someone says or gives you the information that you want, then go from there. I learned in one cohort is like, say what you want and shut up. So once I give you my answer and I don't speak anymore, that doesn't mean for you to continuously ask me the same question over and over. This is my answer. Right. Either love it or leave it alone. Digest it and keep it moving. What book or books are you currently reading? Uh, I'm going to pull out my phone because they're all in here. So I listen to books. I'm on audio books. The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead are listening to. Okay. I just finished Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. There's a book that I am reading weekly, The Big Idea Food by Marlena Banks. Okay. So those are what I'm reading now. I'm definitely going to probably try to step out of my comfort zone and doing a lot of self-help books and maybe get into a fictional book. I'm probably going to start reading a lot of children's book. I have a children's book that I'm planning on writing. Um, so trying to get myself in a good space for that. I love the children's book idea. I feel like there's a void, particularly with black men authors. Yeah. I actually, one of my good friends is a author and he was telling me he's going to do the same thing, okay. but it's such a wide open space that I feel like that'll yeah, be a slam dunk, particularly with your Yeah, work. you're trying to figure out like the best lane, right? Like some people say, oh, it should be about STEM or about this. And I think first of all, you have to just get to kids mm-hmm. and then understand that they need to read more. There's a... There's these studies about the three million word gap. Some say it's 30 million. It's either way it goes, a lot of words, basically. 
What, what is that? So basically, um, that's like kids who have resources are, are read to way more mm. than kids who don't have resources. And it's, um, I think it's called a three million word gap. Yeah, but it's Google. like, they, yeah, during okay. their development years, they don't hear a certain amount of words. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because you can look at kids of means and how they engage adults and their conversation with adults and kids who don't have means. Now, granted, they're both disciplined very differently. So that plays a huge role. Like on this side, you can ask questions and have a debate on this side. You even think about a question, you know, you make it slap. Right. So that plays into it, but also like just their thought process and how they formulate words and grammar is not there because it's just, it's not there. It's not existent. So really trying to make sure that we implement, once we have books, we have a reading program. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's another thing you can have the, the libraries now today are empty because no one goes there. No one's reading these books and things like that. So you can have tons of books, but if they mm-hmm. don't read them, no one helps them or anything like that. That makes the purpose. Yeah. Is there anything I should have asked, but I didn't? Should have asked that you did not. Yes. No, I mean, I, I think that we, we touched on a lot of good topics. Um, I definitely want, if entrepreneurs are listening, to understand that there are going to be times where people, you have to be mindful of the people around you. There are going to be people who say, don't start this business, but they are saying that just because they care for you. They don't want you to go under the stress of an entrepreneur. Uh, then there's going to be people who don't want you to start that business just because they don't want to see you successful. And then there's going to be people who don't want you to start your business because they can't see you outside of this space. You have to be able to determine which is which. And if you constantly think about it every day, if it's on your mind 24 seven, um, then go and do it. And also too, the market is saturated with everything. There's very few, like before Uber came out, the only thing was out was taxis and there might've been something else. And then it came with Uber, Lyft and everything else. You have to, you can look at an idea and say, okay, this is a cup. I want to make a cup that just spends, <laughs> if that's what you want to do and you believe that you can sell it, then that's fine to move forward with it. Um, I just want people to, Go after their dreams. And once you achieve your dreams or something around your dreams, continue to dream bigger. I think that we get caught in the space that's in front of us. Like, I'm always trying to see, like, how can dream be better? How can Divya be 10 times better? And looking at each year, I get bogged down because I'm like, how can we beat that year? But we can by doing these things. Like, one of our uh, major things that we're coming with, uh, hopefully by 2021, We'll hopefully have laid the foundation for Dream Academy School, um, where we'll have our own school. So that is one of our bigger items, um, expanding to Nigeria, Jamaica, Atlanta, Dallas, Texas, uh, and Dubai is the, what's on our next thing. Because I feel like now people look at nonprofits as not as competition. It's very, there's a lot of competition. Um, and I'm just charged up lately. I'm really charged up by a couple of different things. Okay, LeBron, you hear so, this? <laughs> <laughs> I am amped up and I'm ready to make sure that we take everything to the next, the next level for Dibby Athletic and Dibby Dream. Um, I want people to read more. I definitely want people to read more. Find whatever you like and you read that. That doesn't mean you have to just because you're in this book club and they read that and you don't like these books. No, you find something that, um, that speaks to you that you want to get better with or you just are interested in. Um, and I want people to spend more time with their family. Uh, I think that needs to be said that I think sometimes we get so busy. People always tell you make time for what's important to you. I'm on both fences. 
or both sides of that because yes there's true but if i'm over here and i'm only thinking about over here mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter like you have to i think people have to really understand that entrepreneurs don't just sit at home wake up at 11 you know eat in the bed work from the bed <laughs> and then money just comes in like a lot of right. people when i first started thought of that and i was like i actually do you grind harder more. than yeah i would say 92 percent of I say 95% of people in the corporate world, people don't understand that just because you have the flexibility in my mind, it's even more difficult because people on salary, you're going to get paid whether you're productive or not. But if I'm not making it happen on Monday, that affects my bottom line. So you clearly understand. And then another thing is that I think that people within our community need to do a better job of working with people who are actually doing the work or support people who are actually doing the work. Um, it's not that everyone has to try to start their own nonprofit or start their own for-profit, but if you see people doing the work, no matter if you're friends with them or you were friends with them Monday, you're not friends with them on Wednesday or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. we have a common goal to be better mm-hmm. and to make sure that our kids are better. So that we have to keep that goal, our North Star or our one thing. Uh, there's a book called The One Thing. It's a great book. People should read it. We have to have our one thing and make sure that we're meeting that goal and getting there. So that means sometimes we're not going to always like each other. We're not going to always do certain things. We're not going to always have uh, a nice interaction. But at the end of the day, if we're helping kids, then that is our focus. I I just truly believe in that. I think that we get bogged down in very small details that don't matter. And I don't look at things that don't matter. I don't really have time for that. He ain't got time for that. (laughs) Brandon's mentioned kids multiple times. How many children do you have? <laughs> Zero. I have a dog, Blue. Big shout out to Blue Jazz. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Genuinely. I really appreciate this. This was really fun. Um, it's always great catching up with you. I learned something more about your business and I'm really excited about the future and I wish you all the success. And I know in the next five to eight years, you'll probably be retiring. Yes, hopefully. And traveling. Traveling a lot. How can listeners connect with you online? Sure. Uh, Facebook fan page is Dibia Athletic, D-I-B-I-A Athletic, or Dibia Dream. Uh, On Twitter, Instagram is Dibia Athletic, Dibia Dream. Uh, My personal page on Instagram is Opalabi, my last name, O-K-P-A-L-O-B-I. Twitter is Hefe Dibia, Hefe underscore Dibia. Brandon Opalabi on Facebook. You know, everybody's Google. Google 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 unfortunately or fortunately. Bye. Thank you for having me, Britt. Guys, take it easy. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to visit us at www.brithappens.com.